But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Clark. Waits for it. Yes, Clark. Hey, hey, they said you can't be Ohio State. Now what? Brady gets terrific. Buzzard, and in, touchdown, night again. Schultz, just before Brazil got him, and a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle, caught by Kohler at the five on his feet, touchdown, Michigan. On his way. It's good. He's 5'7", 179 pounds, a junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for Bo Schembechler. And here's your first play. Pressure coming. Sack. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. championship again because we're going to play as a team and when we play as a team and the old season is over you and I know it's going to be Michigan again Michigan Hey, Steve Dace here. Apologies that we don't have a regular episode of Michigan Podcast this week. I had an appointment that I simply just could not put off any longer or reschedule. uh, And that was only going to happen right during our normal taping time for Michigan Podcast. So you're kind of getting a modified version, mini modified version this week here on the channel. So forgive me for that. Uh, But uh, still a couple of big points I wanted to talk about this week. One of them involving our team the other one involving that team down south. But let, let's start with our team first and foremost. And um, I'm I'm much more heartened uh, than I was uh, after the Bowling Green game. What a just colossal uh, uh, face plant that game was for a team of our talent and expectations. But against Rutgers, who I do think has a postseason-worthy defense and running game, not sure they have a postseason-worthy passing game and quarterback that'll be determined as we get to further into the season. But it's entirely conceivable that's the third or fourth best defense on our schedule. And you look at, um, you know, Michigan just frankly dominated them. And it really, if you look at the box score of this game, it's the first box score that looks like what Michigan football looked like last year. 200 yards rushing and receiving. uh, Great balance on offense. uh, Stifling defense. You know, they had that early hit uh, when Rod Moore, Rusty, takes a bad angle. Mike Sandra still uh, slips and, you know, Guy houses it. They did nothing after that. I think they only got to the red zone one time after that. It didn't come until late in the game. Michigan scored 31 unanswered points. They were limited to just seven possessions. And so you're scoring over four points a possession. 
I mean, if we were playing with the old clock rules, guys, where you were getting 10 or 12 possessions a game, that would be in the 40-point you know, variety of what Michigan averaged last year. I love the element of adding J.J. to the running game now uh, and the way that that was executed. Only when it was obvious, only enough times to keep the defense honest, and you see J.J. get out of bounds right away, avoiding any contact. And the, you do that a couple of more weeks, you put that on tape, and guys just now on the, you know, opponents just crashing uh, on that bluff run uh, to take away that inside zone. Uh, as we've seen the first few weeks, they're not going to get away with doing that anymore. They're going to have to game plan around the fact we've got a four, five, four, six quarterback there that can, if you give him a crease, he'll take you to the house where he'll take you for 10, 15, 20 yards on a routine basis. This isn't Cade McNamara now just handing it off and he's not going to do anything with it. So I love that. I love the way JJ came back and executed. I think he's had a QBR over 90. Every game but Bowling Green, his QBR was 10. So you come back and you have a QBR well over 90 again. And then your first throw probably should have been intercepted, by the way. And you come back and you you and you and throw the way that he did, as accurate as he did. I just, I really liked the way Michigan played in this game. It, this was, you know, we went through the non-conference and I said last week here that what's the, what's the, you know, identity of this team? Well, we saw it on Saturday. It's the identity of this program, what's been established here over the last couple of years. And we got to see it on Saturday. And so I think that's very encouraging moving forward. Um, I, I, I mean, even little things. Samaj Morgan adjusting to the ball in flight for a touchdown. A lot of weapons. Um, you know, if our biggest worry right now is we've got this five-star running back that nearly ran for 1,000 yards last year as a backup, that we got to get Donovan Edwards going again. I'll take those problems. Those are those are rich people's problems. Those are first world problems. It's a problem. We need to get Donovan Edwards going again. That's too much talent just sitting there underutilized. But if if that's your problem, is man, we've got this spare five star running back. We don't know what to do with. We got to figure him out. I'll take those problems. Oh, and by the way, not that they need my help, but if the coaching staff is listening, Ladarius Henderson at left tackle, Carson Barnhart at right tackle. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Nebraska this week, by the way, a team very similar to Rutgers. Um, a running quarterback. They made a switch to Heinrich Harsbarg two weeks ago. He's run for over 100 yards two weeks in a row. They have really no passing game to speak of at all. Very good defensively, just like Rutgers. I think um, I think Rutgers and I think Nebraska and Michigan are number one and two in the country right now in rush defense. So um, it'll be a game, I think, very similar to what we saw. Very similar game plan. Uh, and um, I love going into the road environment. It'll be a hostile environment, despite the fact Michigan's a, a three, almost a three-touchdown favorite, but um, I think it'll be a very similar game to what we saw last week. Maybe Nebraska gets another score, and it's more like a 31-10, to 31-14, but I think it'll be that kind of game in Lincoln this weekend. Which brings me to that team down south. And Really enjoyed that game with Ohio State and Notre Dame. Great uniform game, the scarlet and gray. Notre Dame for the first time in school history wearing the all greens. Fantastic setting in South Bend. Old school football, slobber knocker, low scoring. 17-14 is the final score. I just really enjoyed the game. And, and from my perspective, we couldn't lose. I mean, one of these two rivals we can't stand was, was guaranteed to lose so we're, it's a win either way. And, and, and I can make the case that Notre Dame losing, actually, the more I think about it, is better for us. Because if it comes down to us and Notre Dame for a playoff spot, well, we can't beat Notre Dame. They're not on our schedule. But we can beat Ohio State. And I think it's very clear that Ohio State 
at least where Ryan Day is concerned, the beating he's taken at the hands of Michigan the last two years is in his head. I've never seen anything like what he did after the game on Saturday night. I, I mean, I've seen coaches. I remember Pat Fitzgerald took a, a, a little shot at Danny Cannell when he had picked him on the, the bull confidence picks. His most confident pick was Northwestern losing. And, you know, Fitzgerald took, you know, kind of a little wink and a nod. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the talk. You know, thanks for the motivation, Danny. We've seen stuff like that. Okay. I've never seen a coach lose his damn mind over what someone uh, said who's not even really relevant. I mean, Lou Holtz is retired as a coach. Lou Holtz is retired as a media member. By the way, Lou Holtz was, I think, the defensive coordinator on Ohio State's 1968 National Championship team. So he's got Buckeye ties going back a lot further than Ryan Day does. But Ryan Day, who's not even from Ohio, busting out the Ohio versus the world. Guys, you're the most watched team in college football. You have the largest fan base in college football. The idea that you're some mis you know, unknown sectarian uh, minority that's just completely dissed is just laughable on its face. When he when he talked about, you know, well, Holtz called us out for not being physical. You know what? If you look at if you watch this game, Lou Holtz was correct. Ohio State struggled to stop the Notre Dame running game from several different backs throughout the game. Um, if you look at uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State nearly lost the game because Ryan Day didn't run the ball on fourth and one. He tried an end around with Emeka Abuka instead and got stuffed for a three-yard loss. And then Ohio State barely scored the winning touchdown at the end, despite the fact Notre Dame had only 10 men, 10 defenders on the field. They were one man short. And, and you know, the running back for the Buckeyes barely got over the goal line, even with that man advantage. So the reason why Notre Dame was in this game all the way to the end and probably should have won is because they were the more physical team. Now, I'll give Ohio State credit, man. We know as Michigan fans, we've played a lot more games in South Bend over the years than they have. A lot. We've had a lot of championship teams, teams that won Big Ten championships, go into that stadium that year and come out with an L. We know how hard it is when they're really interested to go in there under the Golden Dome when the, when the echoes are awakened and win. Kyle McCord, I don't know how great he is, but he did make that one great throw when it counted the most there to get them down into scoring position at the end. So props to Ohio State. Any win in South Bend, especially when, the, when Notre Dame is good, is a good win. So don't mistake the clown show of Ryan Day at the end for that was not a quality win by Ohio State and they deserve a lot of credit for that and should and should probably be ranked no lower than third or fourth in the country right now. Frankly, I, I've ranked them ahead of us right now. But you know, where's Lou Holtz? Where's this 87-year-old man? Is a lot. <laughs> There's the distance between where's this 87-year-old octogenarian and Jim Trestle say, saying, and you'll be very proud of how our players perform 300 some odd days from now in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I mean, that was Frodo, uh, or Fredo levels of uh, contrivance. That's Fredo looking at Michael. I can do things. I'm smart. We're tough. We're physical. I mean, Ryan Day went the full Stuart Smalley, man. We're tough enough. We're gutsy enough. And doggone it, Ohio loves me. I, I just, it was cringy. And I've been coached in recent years by Rich Rodriguez, you know, singing Josh Groban uh, and uh, Brady Hoke apologizing to Michigan State after getting your ass whooped. I know what cringy looks like, man. I know what cringy looks like. And it looks a lot like Ryan Day after that game. I, and, and he did something you're never supposed to do as a coach. Two cardinal sins as a coach. Number one, 
uh, you know, blaming your players and deflecting blame from yourself. That's kind of a Brian Kelly thing. That was really a Scott Frost thing, right? Um, but the other thing is when your antics overshadow your team's success on the field. And this week, there's been no talk at all about how big of a win that was for the Buckeyes. All the talk has been about Ryan Day and that clown show. And I think what it really tells you is Michigan's in their head. It's a helmet game again. And if I'm, a, if I'm the Michigan coaches and I watched that game against Notre Dame, and I watched and I said, well, we've got a better defense than Notre Dame. We probably have more talent overall than Notre Dame. And we're going to get them again. Same recipe still works. And it would have worked, except for some coaching decisions made by Notre Dame at the end of that game. The prevent defense that only prevents you from winning. Having 10 players on the field for the last two uh, games, or last two plays of the game. So I think the only people that really enjoyed Ryan Day's outburst at the end of that game are, are Michigan fans, I would imagine. Maybe only eclipsed by the Michigan coaches. Well, thank you for tuning in here today for, a, you know, a modified version of Michigan Podcast. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, follow, share this video here on YouTube, the podcast on iTunes and elsewhere. Remember to follow us on Twitter in between episodes at Michigan Podcast on Twitter or X or whatever the heck we're calling it these days. Until next week, right here on the channel, I'm Steve Dace. Go Blue.